Hi, fantasy readers. This is Corinne Norton, your fellow book binger, and you are listening to the Finding Fantasy Reads podcast, where you can test out a new fantasy story every single week to find your next favorite author. If you haven't listened to the last three episodes, you'll want to go back and do that, because this is the fourth of five episodes sharing Nutcracker of Crystal Fall by K.L. Moody. I don't usually get to share about an author multiple weeks, so while I normally share things from their bios and books, today I'm going to let you know that Kay happens to love the color pink. When she told me that, I thought, okay, yes, that's sort of unusual. I feel like most girls eventually outgrow that, but then I went and saw her Instagram and just how pink it is. So I highly recommend that if you're enjoying these episodes, that you head on over to her Instagram, which is at klmoody, and send her something pink, just for fun. Not red or green, even though she let me share her Christmassy story. Something pink. All right. I'm sure you've been anxiously awaiting for the next part of the story. So please enjoy part four of Nutcracker of Crystal Fall by K.L. Moody. Chapter 13 After Clara and the small group of fae left the high court and returned to Crystal Fall, it didn't take long for all the other fae to go their separate ways. Still, even after only Clara, Plumia, and Revan remained, Revan still avoided her gaze. He paced and kept glancing down a path of black soil and pearlescent pebbles. She had no reason to stop him from pacing. She didn't have any ideas either. They had to get the tree branches back from the trolls. She also needed to draw a picture in the valley floor that would show which branches to put where on the tree. Even with the branches gone, she had examined them closely enough that she felt confident she could draw a decent picture. It would certainly be better than no picture like they had now. But the picture would only help once they got their branches back. Stealing back the branches had to be their first goal. That much she knew for certain, but she knew basically nothing else. At least Revan knew where to find the trolls. Then again, if the trolls would fight anyone who entered their cavern, they might need more help to steal the branches back. The pixies would be willing to help, but they didn't have enough strength to do much against the trolls. And so far, the other fae Clara had met would never agree to risk their own lives unless it provided some big reward for them. But if it were that simple, the pixies probably would have gotten the help they needed already. More likely, they didn't have anything enticing enough to tempt the other fae to help them. All at once, Revan stopped pacing directly in front of Clara. He stared down at her wearing an expression of stone. At first, he didn't speak. His jaw just flexed like he wasn't sure what to say. But then he opened his mouth, his eyes darkening as he did. Your part of the bargain is finished. He gestured toward her wrist, where the ward from Plumia rested. You have protection against fey enchantments now. You do not ever have to see me again. He pointed down a path that led to a beautiful thicket of gold and emerald trees with purple jeweled flowers. Go on. Crystalfall will give you everything you need. Without another word, he spun on his heel and marched off in the opposite direction. After catching her breath, She called after him. Revan, wait! His step faltered, but he didn't stop marching. She had to jog to catch up to him. I want to help you. 
I don't care about the bargain. When he caught her eye, he sucked in a sharp exhale. Then he immediately turned away from her, clenching his fists at his side. I am doing this for my brother. He does not deserve to be controlled the way I always have been. The only reason I am helping the Pixies is for him. I cannot lose sight of that. His tone softened right at the end. He turned his head slightly, immediately capturing her gaze and holding it tight. He stared, and something lit up his eyes. Longing? Was it too hopeful of her to believe he might have longed for her? Just a little bit? But the look vanished as he clenched his jaw and jerked his head away. I cannot afford any distractions. Instead of stomping away this time, he ran. He must have had some fey magic that propelled him forward, because he ran faster than any mortal ever could. She tried running after him, but he was completely out of sight before she had taken a few steps. Her momentum died as her heart twisted into a knot. He had left her. She reached her arms over her stomach, trying to calm the whirlwind inside. When that did nothing, she hunched her shoulders forward and thought about curling into a ball right there. How could he just leave her? She wanted to help him, and instead, he left her totally defenseless and all alone in a dangerous realm with only a ward bracelet to protect her. From behind her, the sound of little bells jingled. Plumia. A rush of relief filled her chest as Clara turned to face the flying pixie. Rolling her eyes, Plumia scoffed loudly. And he calls us the dramatic ones. She shrugged slightly. In his defense, his brother is quite lovely, if a bit grumpy on occasion. I met him once, though I had to fly all the way to Fairfrost to do so. His brother is not quite an adult yet, but he is very close. She tapped her chin as she flew toward the same path Revan had taken. I have to say, I would not mind if Revan's brother became king of Crystalfall once he gets his magic. He may be from Fairfrost, but I am sure he could do great things for my court, if given the chance. Plumia. Clara took a small breath. Do you know how to get back to the tree from here? She flew a little higher and tilted her nose upward. Of course I know. And do not worry, my dear. Bargain or no bargain, you are welcome to help as long as you like. I am certain once we get the tree branches back, your gift for puzzles will help us save the tree once and for all. Clara tried to calm herself as she followed the pixie. So, Revan wasn't gone for good. He hadn't left her forever, even if he had tried to. She would see him again soon enough. Once they started down the path, Plumia stared at her with a sidelong glance. I must ask, though, why? Why are you so determined to help us, even when your bargain has been fulfilled? Before answering, Clara found a strand of hair to twirl around one finger. Because Revan helped me. He allowed me to escape a life I hated. I cannot leave him trapped by a bargain that impedes his own freedom. The pixie raised an eyebrow. But you do not have any bargain or vow or favor or anything with him. What requires you to help him? Honor. Clara let out a long exhale. Maybe you fay use bargains and favors to decide what is right and what is wrong, but in the mortal realm, we use honor. 
She placed a hand over her heart and walked a little slower. We know what is right and what is wrong because we can feel it inside us. Plumia had completely stopped with any forward progress. Now her golden wings flapped, keeping her hovering in one spot. Honor? What an interesting thought. Perhaps a mortal would make a good leader as well, although that is most certainly impossible. Only high fae can become leaders. Otherwise, I would have attempted to make my own crown and become queen of Crystal Fall myself. They continued down the path a little ways before Plumia spoke again. And what about that mortal boy who made a deal with the trolls? Is there honor of some sort that directs his actions? Clara scowled at the thought. That is exactly what makes Fritz so problematic. He knows what is right and what is wrong, yet he constantly ignores that knowledge. Everything he does is to help himself, and nothing more. Nodding, Plumia said. I wonder, then, why he helped those trolls steal our tree branches. How could it help him to hurt us? It was a valid question, but Clara chose to ignore it for the time being. Right now, she only cared about finding the tree and attempting to save as much of it as possible. Once that was done, then she'd work with Revan to get the missing branches back. But once Clara and Plumia finally made it back to the tree, they had a much bigger problem to deal with. A swirling tunnel opened at the top of the hill, only giving Plumia a moment to tug Clara behind the nearest golden tree. Peeking around the edge of the trunk, Clara could see who stepped through the door into Crystal Fall. Light blue and silver brocade formed the jacket and pants of the Fae, but this jacket and pants looked nothing like the soldier uniform Revan wore. Instead, it had a fanciful air with lace at the end of the sleeves and at the collar. The Fae wearing the clothes had light brown hair and a glare that could probably freeze a lake. Revan? The Fae said his name like a curse. Why have you not returned to Fairfrost yet? You have duties to perform there. At the bottom of the hill, right next to the pixie's tree, Revan froze. He turned slowly and immediately nodded. My king, I will return at once. He lifted his hand as if about to open his own fairy door, but King Pavel just shook his head. Do not bother with that. Come back with me through my door. I have a job that requires your skills. Some strange mortal managed to get my crown back from those nasty trolls, and then the mortal asked for a gem so that he might signal me later. I want my best soldiers with me if the mortal attempts to contact me again. Clara raised an eyebrow at the words. The only mortal who could possibly have gotten King Pavel's crown was Fritz. Apparently, he had also been busy since coming to Fairy. What other problems would he create while here? From her hiding spot behind the golden tree, Clara could see how Revan's shoulders slumped at the king's request. He trudged up the hill, looking more dejected with each step. This is a problem, Plumia whispered. Once Revan leaves Crystalfall, Fairy itself will compel him to finish his bargain with us. He will be tortured every moment that he is in Fairfrost. But King Pavel's magic will keep Revan stuck in Fairfrost. After being called back like this, it will be nearly impossible for him to get away again. And because of the way our bargain is worded, he cannot use the escape we told him about until after our tree is saved. The words were ominous, of course, but once Revan and the Fairfrost King disappeared through the door, 
Clara couldn't help wondering about something else entirely. That was King Pavel? That was the dangerous king of Fairfrost? Plumia narrowed her eyes, as if trying to understand. Yes. Clara shook her head. But he's so young. He looks only a year or two older than me, the same age as Revan, the same age as High Queen Winola. In fact, that mortal man in the throne room of the High Court is the oldest person I've seen ever since I got here. Are all Fae the same age? Placing both hands over her mouth, Plumia snickered. The snickering continued long enough to send heat into Clara's cheeks. After the lengthy chorus of laughter, Plumia finally spoke again. Oh, my dear sweet mortal, we are not young. We are immortal. Once Fae become adults, our appearance no longer changes. Clara's head cocked to the side. So you are all the same age? Except for the children? You grow until you become an adult, and then you just stop forever? Now Plumia's eyebrow rose. I said our appearance no longer changes, but we do continue to grow. Age is not measured by appearance like it is in the mortal realm. Here, in fairy, age is measured by experience. High Queen Winola is the most experienced being in all of fairy. A few of the brownies and trolls may have been here longer than her, but no one has as much experience as she does. King Pavel is young compared to her, but he is still older than Revan. Plumia narrowed one eye. Revan is probably very close to you in age, though if you stay in fairy, you will age like a mortal, and he will always appear as he does now. Eventually, you will die once your regular mortal life has been lived, and Revan, of course, will continue to live forever. The words wriggled under Clara's skin. Whether the pixie meant to call attention to it or not, Clara suddenly realized a simple kiss with Revan would never be simple at all. He would live forever. She would age and die. Before running away, he said he couldn't afford any distractions. Now she realized how much that truly meant. His brother would live forever just like Revan would. If he ever had to choose between Clara and his brother, well, she could see now why he resisted any closeness with her. She was just a mortal, after all. The thought sent a sinking feeling through her gut, but it didn't change anything. She was still as determined as ever to save that pixie tree. And even if her future didn't include living out the rest of her days with Revan, he still deserved the same freedom he had helped her achieve. She could still help. But maybe she didn't have to be with him to do it. With a swift head jerk, she turned to look at Plumia. Can you open one of those fairy doors, too? Plumia nodded. Yes, all fae creatures can, except sprites, but they can fly so fast they have no need for doors. Good. Clara stood a little taller. I need to quickly draw a picture, and then we need to find the trolls and steal back your branches. Once we have them, we can figure out a way to get Revan back here to finish saving the tree. Chapter 14 The Pixies made Clara a thick, fur-lined cloak before they traveled to Fairfrost. Once she stepped foot in the court, she could tell why. A frosty white landscape sat before her, 
though the snow looked more iridescent than plain white. Clouds with the same magical iridescence hung in the sky. The land smelled wet and the air was quiet. Clara stood still while Plumia scanned the area around them. The pixie had chosen five other pixies to join them. Once Plumia looked around for a bit, she gestured down a hill. Since pixie wings gave off the sound of bells and wind chimes, Clara had to carry all of them as she trudged through the snow and down toward the caverns where the trolls were living. Water filled with glittering icicles sat at the bottom of the hill. The stream was wide, but it only appeared to be a few inches deep. Chunks of ice and large broken boulders sat throughout the stream. The water flowed through it at a slow but steady pace. Clara had to walk at a strange angle to keep from falling into the stream. At least she could see the entrance to the caverns. Plumia said all the trolls would be sleeping during the day. Sunlight could turn them to stone, so they'd all be hidden at the back of the caverns, sleeping in the shadows. Snow poured over the golden slippers Clara wore, but magic kept her feet warm and dry anyway. Sneaking up to the cavern entrance, she stayed to the side to assess the situation. Three pixies sat on her shoulders, and two sat in her hands. The last pixie, Plumia, sat directly on Clara's head. The pixies didn't weigh much, especially since they were only eight to ten inches tall, but Clara was still grateful when they offered to sit on a nearby rock. She carefully helped them onto the boulder so they wouldn't have to use their wings, and then she took her first glance inside the cavern. Just as Plumia had promised, the green trolls slept at the very back of the cavern, well within the shadows. The golden tree branches from the pixies sat at the front. Revan had claimed the trolls would fight anyone who entered, but how much could they do while asleep? If Clara had the strength of a fae, she would have marched forward and gathered all the missing tree branches right then and there. But even without massive strength, they still had one last problem. Fritz sat close to the front of the cavern, warming his hands by a small fire. He hadn't noticed Clara yet, but if she moved any closer to the tree branches, he would. He sat next to a shallow puddle of water that held a creature that was woman on top and fish on bottom. A mermaid. The creature had dark skin and big purple and brown eyes. Her tail was shimmery purple and silver, which matched her purple and silver hair. It seemed cruel to only allow her a tiny puddle to sit in. It barely even covered her tail. Even worse, her body was clearly not accustomed to the climate of Fairfrost. She was shivering and gasping for air. Her purple and silver hair looked natural, but the blue tinge on her dark lips did not. Aren't you finished yet? Fritz snapped at the mermaid. Her entire body shuddered as she stirred something inside a small cauldron over the fire. It takes longer to boil when the air is so co cold. Her teeth chattered even after she finished speaking. The sight of the mermaid freezing while Fritz complained about food lit a fire of determination inside Clara. She scanned the cavern, looking carefully at strategic points. The stone walls had suitable footholds, so she'd be able to climb it like she had hoped. She'd have to be slow and completely silent, though, if she had any chance of completing her task without alerting Fritz. It wasn't ideal, but it would work. Hopefully. 
Clara turned now to Plumia and nodded. Since they had discussed the plan ahead of time, Plumia already knew what to do. She and the other pixies waved their hands and started conjuring a heavy rope made of gold. Taking one end of it, Clara hiked up her skirt and began climbing the wall of the cavern. Now she could only hope that whatever the mermaid stirred over the fire would be enough to keep her and Fritz busy enough that they wouldn't notice Clara. Luckily, her golden slippers didn't just press against the stone wall. Somehow, the magical footwear seemed to grip onto it, giving Clara steady footing no matter how high she climbed. She took a deep, satisfied breath now that the plan had started. Most people never thought to look up, so hiding would be much easier if she did it from above. With the golden rope in her hand, Clara trekked across the cavern wall until she reached the point where the shadows began. From there, she pulled one of the metal pins the pixies had previously prepared for her and used it to pin the golden rope in place. As she made her trek back to the cavern entrance, Fritz spat liquid from his mouth. This is what you eat? This is the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted in my life. The mermaid ran her hands up and down her arms as her whole body shivered. This is what the trolls eat. They have not allowed me any other food since they captured me. I have nothing else to cook. Fritz knocked the bowl over, and the liquid splashed against a cavern wall. I'm not eating that filth. You should be ashamed you served it to me. The blue tinge in the mermaid's lips turned an even brighter blue as she breathed out a foggy breath. Let me tell a story. Clara had reached the spot where she pinned the first bit of golden rope into place. With the new rope in hand, she now tied it to the first and then pinned it a little farther down the wall. As she started climbing back, slowly, she managed to catch a glimpse of Fritz's scowl. What? he asked. A story, the mermaid repeated. Let me tell a story. It will give me strength. His nose wrinkled. Will it help you cook better? The mermaid rocked her body back and forth, shivering harder than ever. M maybe Fritz rolled his eyes. Fine, then make it quick. The mermaid began her tale, with her hands still rubbing the goosebumps that covered her arms. Magic began in the first realm, the mortal realm. The first fae, Nuvel, roamed the world alongside the mortals. He had great magic. Magic so powerful, the mortals began to fear him. As Clara slowly, carefully, made her way across the cavern wall with a new golden rope, she saw the exact moment Fritz changed from annoyed to interested. The moment the mermaid mentioned power, his eyes lit up. He sat a little taller and looked more carefully at the mermaid. Magic in the mortal realm? He raised both eyebrows. I did not know that was possible. The blue tinge in the mermaid's lips had softened to an almost pink color now. Her hand still rubbed over her arms, but goosebumps no longer covered them. As the mortals grew more fearful of Nouvelle, they also grew more violent. They sought to kill the first fay. Seeing that he had no other choice, Nouvelle ripped a tear in the fabric of space and created a new realm, the realm of fairy. Though he had been leaning forward, Fritz shook his head and sat back again. Is this story almost over? Clara had pinned five golden ropes to the ceiling now. 
with them in place, she started twisting and knotting them together. Letting out a long breath, the mermaid finally dropped her hands onto her scaly lap. This breath didn't appear as foggy as the others had. After using so much magic to create the realm, Nouvel began breaking apart. He could not stay in his original form, so he formed new fae, smaller fae, from the different parts of his body. The high fae came from his head. The mermaids came from his tongue. Dryads came from his fingernails. When all the new fae had been formed, all that remained of him became a bundle of creation magic, which still sits at the center of fairy. Fritz had started tapping his shoe against the ground, but it stopped suddenly. His entire body went completely still for several seconds. After another moment, he sucked in a breath and turned slowly toward the mermaid. A bundle of creation magic? His eyes practically glowed with greed. The mermaid's shoulders relaxed as she leaned backward. The fae cannot touch the creation magic. If we touch it, our magic is sucked back into the bundle. Fritz leaned so far forward, he nearly lost his balance. But that's only because you have magic to begin with, right? If a mortal touched the creation magic... He left the sentence open, waiting for the mermaid to finish it. She shrugged. I suppose that mortal would be given magic of his own. A conniving smile twitched at the corners of Fritz's mouth. Magic of his own. He reached for the nearest golden tree branch, which was slightly curved. With it in his hands, he grabbed another small tree branch and twisted it around the first. After the third tree branch... His intention became clear. He was forming a crown. After managing a basic circlet shape, he grabbed emerald leaves and crammed them into the twisted branches. The attempts to create tines were crude, but they worked. If making a crown was all it took to become the leader of a court, Clara was quickly running out of time to stop him. Her fingers flew across the golden rope on the ceiling, desperate to finish the net she had been twisting and tying. She knew it would be impossible to fight the trolls on her own, but if she could trap them under a heavy golden net, then hopefully she could steal the tree branches while they were stuck. She had thought of the idea after she and Revan got stuck in a net themselves, only this net would come from above instead of below. Fritz started tapping his toe again, but it only served to increase the greed in his eyes. Where is the creation magic? At the center of fairy. The mermaid looked more relaxed with detail she added to the story. Her body no longer shivered. Fritz nodded. Which court? She shrugged. The high court, I guess. I have never seen the creation magic, but many say you can see it in High Queen Winola's eyes. I assume the magic must be close to her, especially since she rules the high court. He stood up with a start moving toward the back of the cavern. I need to wake the trolls immediately, before it gets dark. I want them vulnerable when I show them the crown. After kicking one of the trolls in the side, the creature groaned and opened its eyes. Clara hadn't had any trouble hiding from Fritz near the top of the cavern, but the trolls all lay on the stone floor with their eyes pointed upward. When Fritz kicked the creature awake, her hiding form was the first thing it saw. 
The troll sat up and growled, which startled awake a few of the other trolls. It lifted an enormous stone-like finger at her and said a single word. Mortal. Pain twisted in her chest while a flood of electricity seemed to shoot through her veins. She needed to get out of there. Now. Fritz turned his gaze upward. When he caught sight of Clara and her makeshift net across the ceiling, he just chuckled. Well, who knew I would get another chance to ruin your life? Don't you worry, my dearest betrothed. I won't fail at it this time. Before she could even think of scrambling across the wall and back to the entrance of the cave, Fritz produced a shimmering blue crystal from his pocket, which he immediately crushed in his fist. The moment his hand closed over the crystal, a bright light filled the entire cavern. Within another breath, a swirling fairy door appeared near the entrance of the cavern. Her heart stuttered. Her fingers shook, nearly losing her grip on the wall. More fay would soon walk through that door and into the cavern. The trolls looked as surprised about it as she did. But surprised or not, one thing was clear. No one would be able to stop the Fae from arriving, and judging by the look on Fritz's face, their arrival would be anything but good. Chapter 15 Her heart may have been racing so fast she could barely breathe, but that wouldn't stop Clara from trying to reach the mouth of the cave. Once she got to the exit, she could pull on the golden rope, which would drop the net she had just twisted and tied to the top of the cavern. The trolls would be trapped underneath it. Fritz would be trapped underneath it. Clara would have just enough time to jump away before the metal rope fell. She and the pixies had planned this all before they ever got to Fairfrost, except the trolls were supposed to be asleep. After Fritz had kicked them awake, they growled and spat and threw rocks to make her lose her grip on the wall. In the end, Fritz was the one who pulled her down. He grabbed onto her ankle and yanked so hard her head snapped back. She tried to hold on with her fingers, but the quick movement and sharp stone left scratches on her fingertips that brought a few drops of blood. She expected to land on the stone floor of the cavern and possibly even injure her ankles. She expected Fritz to slap her or kick her or maybe even stab her. The wild look in his eyes proved him capable of it. But before her body touched the ground, Another figure in the room rushed forward and caught her in his arms. She had to blink before she recognized Revan. Then she had to blink again while trying to figure out where he had come from. Was this a dream? It only took another moment to piece together what had happened. A fairy door had appeared in the cavern just before Fritz yanked Clara down from the wall. She had momentarily forgotten about it, but she could see now that Revan had come through the door along with King Pavel and three other soldiers. The Fae clearly had speed mortals did not, because no mortal could have rushed forward quickly enough to save Clara from her fall. Revan even sneered at Fritz when the mortal young man tried to come closer to Clara. Who is that? King Pavel stared with an open mouth at Clara and then at Revan, who held her safely in his arms. Shaking his head, the king now turned to Fritz. I got your signal, but I do not understand why you called me to a troll's cavern, especially one where the trolls are awake. Each of the trolls took that as a sign to start growling, which sounded like rocks grinding across glass and steel. The king glared at them. 
Be careful. You know I have magic too great for you to defeat. That didn't stop the trolls from growling, but they lowered the volume of it slightly. Now the king pinched the bridge of his nose. Put her down, Revan. I still do not understand why she is here. Once again, his gaze pinned on Fritz. What is going on here, mortal? Revan did lower Clara to the ground. He held her carefully until certain she was balanced and steady before he pulled his arms away from her. Even then, he took a pointed glance into her eyes, as if trying to communicate something. Considering how he had abruptly abandoned her the last time they had been together, she liked to think he was trying to apologize. More than likely, he just wanted to figure out how and why she was in that cavern, but she much preferred the apology theory. Being so busy making up apologies for Revan, she almost didn't see the twisted grimace on Fritz's face as he stood a little taller. Do not call me mortal. You should call me. His voice trailed off suddenly as he stared at the snowy white landscape outside the cavern. You know, I never liked the name Fritz. Maybe I should choose a new name for myself now that I'm in a different realm. Call me Metternich. He waved his hand through the air. No, I deserve better than my father's surname. Call me Why Am I Here? King Pavel practically roared the question, shaking the entire cavern. A few glittering icicles dropped from the ceiling, smashing into iridescent clouds. Oh, right, that. Fritz turned back toward the trolls, who all stared at him with heads tilted to the side. I made a bargain with the trolls, but I figured, why not betray them and make a deal with you instead? The trolls kept their heads tilted for two seconds longer before the words sank in. But then, all at once, their eyes widened, and their stone-like fingers clenched into fists. Betrayer! They shouted, almost in unison. But each troll only managed a single step forward before Fritz raised one finger. Ah, he said in an eerily calm voice. If you try to come after me, I'll just run into the sunlight. If you follow, you'll be turned to stone. King Pavel lifted his eyebrows, clearly impressed, until Fritz turned to him. Now the look in Fritz's eye promised another trick. And if you, King of Fairfrost, try to hurt me, I'll just give the trolls what they want and let them destroy you. The king had made a show before of not fearing the trolls, but this declaration caused him to clear his throat and glance around anxiously. He took a small step back, then immediately tried to play it off like he was simply adjusting his feet. But the fact that he tried to hide his fear only served to make him appear more fearful than before. The soldiers he had brought with him took a few steps backward as well, all except Revan. He stood still as he narrowed his eyes at the others. He had set Clara down like the king ordered, but he hadn't moved away from her. One arm at his side even twitched, as if ready to throw it in front of her if any danger came her way. The whole situation was completely preposterous. Fritz completely controlled the room, even though he didn't have a single person on his side. The trolls were afraid of turning to stone in the sunlight. The king and the Fairfrost soldiers were afraid of being attacked by the trolls. Yet both sides failed to realize they could simply turn on their common enemy, Fritz, and the entire thing would be over at once. 
Before we start negotiating, I offer this mortal to you as a slave for your household. Fritz gestured toward Clara, wearing a smirk that chilled her to the bone. She had to take a breath before she could scoff, which honestly ruined the whole effect of the scoff. There was no point in trying to save Face now. Um, no. Fritz's nostrils flared. I'm in charge here, and I have decided you would make a lovely present for the ruler of Fairfrost. King Pavel, wouldn't you like her? The king's eyes flashed with a greed even worse than Fritz's. He ogled over Clara's entire form. I could always add another consort to my harem. My king. Revan spoke suddenly, possibly even before he had decided what to say. He had also taken a step forward, slightly in front of Clara. But now that the king stared at him, he didn't seem sure of what to say next. After clearing his throat, he continued, I am certain the mother of your child does not want you to have another consort. King Pavel raised an eyebrow. Yes, but she is not the leader of Fairfrost. I am. That means I can choose as many consorts as I like. His mouth lifted into a sickly grin. Besides, her jealousy fuels me, and this one, he pointed at Clara, would make her rage. Clara's gut nodded, and bile shot up her throat. Back home, she never would have stood up for herself in a situation like this, but she was in fairy now. Curling her hands into fists, she took a step forward. You're not taking me as a consort. You wouldn't want me anyway. Her chin tilted up. If you tried to take me, I would stab you in your sleep during my first night in your castle. The king gulped, and he even took another step back. He may have acted powerful, but this king clearly relied on fear to get respect, instead of relying on any actual ability. Fritz rolled his eyes. Fine, I'll just kill her myself later. But first, let's get to the negotiations. He retrieved the gold and emerald makeshift crown that had been hiding under his jacket. He lifted it high for the king and all the trolls to see. I have a crown made of tree branches from Crystalfall. That's right, a crown. As Fritz continued to lay out his terms, Clara edged back until she stood close enough to Revan to whisper, Plumia is just outside the cavern. She can open a door for you and get you back to Crystalfall to save the tree. Revan's eyes glinted. He gave her that same look of awe that somehow made her feel like she could soar. You are cleverer than I expected. He lowered his voice even more. But it does not matter if I go through Plumia's door. King Pavel will still know where to find me. By now, Fritz had told the Fairfrost King and the trolls that whichever of them made the better offer would get the crown. King Pavel started the bidding by offering a large estate with brownies to cook and clean and dozens of other servants to do the rest. While the king spoke, Clara used her chin to point to the cavern entrance. She then nudged Revan with her elbow, and they both started inching toward the opening. Only then did she start whispering again. I drew a picture in the soil of how I believe the tree is supposed to look. Even though the king knows where to find you, we should be able to save it if we can do it quickly enough. Her chin now pointed to the pile of tree branches at the very front of the cavern. How many of those can you carry? He threw her a grin filled with arrogance. All of them. His eyes narrowed as he glanced back at the king and the three other soldiers that came with them. I will need a moment to gather the branches, though. 
Since they had nearly reached the entrance to the cavern, Clara threw her own confident grin. Oh, I can give you time. With a yank, she then pulled on the golden rope right next to her. The force of it ripped the net from the pins that had held it in place. In a flash, the heavy net dropped down until it covered every person inside the cavern, except her and Revan. She didn't have to explain how little time they had. He immediately began gathering branches into his arms. They needed the crown, too, the one currently in Fritz's hands. Without all the original pieces of the tree, the tree would never be fully saved. Fritz, the king, the Fairfrost soldiers, and even the trolls all squirmed and shouted at the net trapping them. Clara had been hoping she'd be able to dash over and pluck the crown right from Fritz's hands once the net fell. Unfortunately, he had the crown pulled tight to his chest, with no way for her to reach it. She glanced back at Revan and gestured toward the side where Plumia and the other pixies waited. You go on and start working on the tree. I have to get the crown from Fritz, and then I'll be right there. Revan nodded and disappeared out the cavern mouth with bundles of golden tree branches in his arms. But as Clara rushed toward the net, intending to stay on top of it, one of the trolls roared and managed to stand up straight for a few seconds. The weight of the net, along with some pixie-imbued magic, pulled the troll down to the ground eventually, but by then, the damage had been done. Clara's foot caught in the net, dragging her to the ground. She still managed to crawl toward Fritz and even grab hold of the crown. When she yanked the crown away, he let it go. The fact that he released the crown so easily seemed exactly as suspicious as it should have. Once the crown left his hands, he immediately reached out and caught hold of Clara's ankle, twisting her deeper into the net. King Pavel shouted at his guards. The trolls growled and gnashed their teeth, but Fritz just smiled. He reached out and grabbed the end of the golden net that would free him. He'd be free, and Clara would be stuck. Her heart leapt into her throat as she searched for a way to fix this. Her eyes scanned the net. She examined the cavern. And then she saw it. The size and shapes of every item in the room measured themselves perfectly in her mind. It didn't take any effort at all. If Clara grabbed another section of the net and pulled it just so, it would cover Fritz, and he would be stuck again. The plan only had one little problem. If she pulled the net just so, she'd be stuck too. Fritz must have seen her mind working. He never knew how good she was at estimating sizes and shapes, but he must have seen the look of triumph on her face. He must have known he had one chance to save himself. He thrust a hand into his pocket and pulled out a piece of paper with a short note written on it. It must have been something he'd written ahead of time, just in case. After placing the note in Clara's free hand, he raised an eyebrow at her. You aren't going to take that crown back to Crystalfall. That note explains why. His tone dripped with confidence. He was so certain he would win. Despite her entire past, Clara still looked down at the note. Of course, she couldn't read a single word on it. The letters jumped and danced and refused to stay still. She only processed the look of his handwriting, which seemed cramped and a little too straight. Maybe in the note he promised her wealth untold if she'd promise in return to let him go. Maybe he swore to end their engagement and just leave her be. Maybe he claimed they could find a way to the creation magic together 
and both receive magic from fairy. It didn't matter, because she knew who he was. He'd turn on anyone who joined his side the moment it became convenient for him to do so. But the note made her realize something she'd never been brave enough to admit before. All these years, she'd wanted freedom from her parents. Freedom from her miserable life. Maybe all that time, she'd been after the wrong thing. She didn't need freedom. She needed to accept who she was. She needed to embrace her strengths instead of always burying them under her weaknesses. She needed to see herself as someone great instead of as someone flawed. The smile that lifted her lips felt like magic. Her own magic. It even made Fritz cower a little, which only lifted her smile even more. Want to know my secret? She asked. Crumpling the note in her fist, she chuckled. I can't read. With a single throw, the crumpled note fell on the other side of the cavern. It freed her hand, which allowed her to pull the net just so. The net twisted and shifted, and soon both she and Fritz, along with the king, soldiers, and trolls, all remained stuck underneath the golden net. Her other hand still held the crown, but she tossed it close to the cavern entrance. Plumia! The sound of quiet wind chimes jingled right away. When the sugar pixie appeared at the front of the cavern, Clara pointed at the golden circlet. Take the crown and then shut your door. You're going to have to save the tree without me. Plumia's eyes went wide. She stared, realizing the net held Clara down and she couldn't be freed unless all the others were released too. Plumia's face turned ashen, but it didn't stop her from acting. Nodding at Clara, the pixie swooped down and lifted the crown off the ground. Your sacrifice will not be forgotten. Plumia then flew awkwardly under the heavy weight of the crown and disappeared around the entrance of the cavern. The momentary peace that filled Clara's heart quickly fluttered away. Maybe the tree would be saved, and the pixies would live, and Revan would be free of his bargain, but none of those things changed her current situation. The golden net still covered her, and everyone else stuck under it with her had good reason to want her dead. Chapter 16 Clara had always been good at drawing. She enjoyed it, too, but the shame of not being able to read or write often kept her away from pencils. If she'd been able to accept herself years ago, how would her drawing skills have flourished? How much better would her drawings be today? The questions plagued her mostly because her drawing had the chance to save the pixies, or end them. To save Revan, or trap him forever. Now that she was stuck in Fairfrost, under a golden net, and deep inside a troll cavern, she couldn't help them save the pixie tree. She could only hope the drawing she had done that showed which branches went where on the tree would be enough that they could save it themselves. You can't read? Fritz had his back against the ground with the heavy golden net pressing down on him, but it didn't stop him from laughing. That's your secret? Now he laughed harder. Maybe we should try lifting that corner there, King Pavel said to his soldiers. Together, they started lifting a corner of the net. Everything suddenly seemed to move too fast as dizziness buzzed in Clara's head. Made from gold, the net was much heavier than rope, plus it had magic from the pixies, making it even heavier. But with so many beans underneath the net, it also had far too many beans looking for a way out. 
Would she be able to stop them long enough to allow Revan and the Pixies to save the tree? Before she could try to sabotage the king's attempt at getting free, Fritz lifted himself onto his elbow and wrinkled his nose at Clara. Your parents were right to hide your secret. No one ever would have agreed to marry you if they had known. You're a simpleton, a nitwit, an imbecile. Who would ever choose to be with someone so stupid? If her parents had been there, they would have been mortified. They might have crawled over to the trolls and begged to be eaten on the spot. They'd have died knowing someone thought of their progeny in such a way. They'd be embarrassed they had created such a flawed and doltish daughter. But the fire in Clara's heart that had allowed her to crumple that note still burned within her. She didn't even bother looking him in the eye. She just smiled calmly and let the fire flow through her veins. So what if I can't read? I trapped you under this net, didn't I? You might even say that makes me better than you. Fritz spat straight in her face. I am a thousand times better than you. How dare a simpleton like you even attempt to speak to me like an equal? You should bow to me. She stopped listening. Why bother when all he did was spout off nonsense? And besides, both King Pavel and the trolls were getting very close to finding a way out from under the golden net. Clara tugged on different spots, trapping them more completely each time, but she couldn't do this forever. Like it or not, they were going to find a way out. Now was probably a good time to figure out what to do when that happened. At that exact moment, she noticed the light changing outside the cavern. Darkness had started closing in. The last tendrils of sunlight were slipping down the horizon. Her breath caught in her throat as she glanced behind her. Now the trolls would be able to leave the cavern. Even if they gave up on trying to get a crown to rule Crystalfall, they'd still probably want to get back to that tree and destroy it, just for revenge. At that moment, King Pavel lifted part of the net just enough that Clara could no longer keep him further trapped. He still had to crawl under a few ropes of the golden net, but he would be free soon. Clara reached for the golden ropes twisted around her ankle. If the king and his soldiers were about to be free, she needed to free herself, and fast. The king muttered under his breath as he moved, I cannot believe Revan is trying to escape my court. I should kill those pixies for helping him. Her gut clenched at those words. Even if Revan managed to save the tree, he still needed to escape from Fairfrost with his younger brother. If the king was angry with Revan for trying to escape, he might keep Revan closer than ever. He might even throw Revan into a dungeon. There had to be a way to help. Clara gulped. Her fingers kept trying to free her ankle from the net, but now she sat forward and made eye contact with the Fairfrost King. That's not why Revan is helping the Pixies. He's not trying to escape your court. It's just that, uh, the Pixies... Her head tilted to the side until an idea came to her. Enchanted him. The Pixies enchanted him and forced him to help until their tree is saved. King Pavel immediately stopped crawling and stared straight at her. They did? It seemed a miracle that he believed her, especially when she hadn't been all that convincing. But if this was working, she was happy to go with it. Oh, yes, it's all true. The king shook his head a little before going back to crawling again. He is very simple-minded if he fell under the enchantment of a pixie. Perhaps he should not serve in the castle guard. 
I may have to demote him to one of the outer cities. Clara's fingers tugged at the ropes on her ankle, barely loosening the tightest one. Her heart skipped at the king's suggestion. If Revan was relegated to an outer city, surely that would make it more difficult for the king to check up on him. The king might not ever notice when Revan escaped the court with his younger brother. She tried not to sound too hopeful when she responded. I agree. I'm sure a simple-minded soldier like him would be much better served in one of the outer cities. She's lying. Fritz held a hand outward, shaking his head in disbelief. She's obviously lying. Lying? King Pavel scoffed. That is impossible. We may be able to deceive, but no one can speak an outright lie. I do wonder when the pixies enchanted him. I suppose it must have happened after the trolls stole my crown. Despite the conflict between them, Clara and Fritz glanced toward each other. The realization in his face probably matched that in hers. If what King Pavel said was true, then that meant... Faye could not lie. Could that possibly be true? The realization in Fritz's face immediately changed to scheming. He turned to the king with a wide smile. I have a way to get your crystal fall crown back. I just need you to show me where the creation magic is. King Pavel had almost reached the end of the net. His three soldiers crawled just behind him. At Fritz's words, the king glanced back. The creation magic that the first fay left behind? Why would you want to go near that? It takes away fay magic if we touch it. For the second time in only a few sentences, the king assumed mortals were the same as fay. But if the mermaid trapped inside the cavern was right, then the creation magic would not affect a mortal in the same way at all. If that were true, Fritz would have the ambition of a mortal with the magic of a fay. A doomed combination, if there ever was one. Fritz got onto his hands and knees and started finding his own way out from under the net. All the trolls did the same. Fritz huffed. I know what happens at the creation magic. It doesn't matter why I want to go there. I just do. Don't you want your crown back? Show me where the creation magic is and I can help with that. Clara could more easily tell which areas of the net to crawl toward thanks to her gift of seeing measurements. She managed to find a way out from under the net at nearly the same moment King Pavel did. The fair frost king crawled out, stretching out his legs as he stood. If you want to join me, you will help me find the crown before anything else. Then we can worry about the creation magic. Fritz huffed again. Fine, we can get the crown first, but then I need you to show me where the magic is hidden. King Pavel, his soldiers, and even Fritz weren't that aggressive when they emerged from the golden net. The king clearly wanted the crown so he could rule Crystalfall, but he and the others didn't seem eager to rip Clara to shreds like she first thought they might. Everything changed when the trolls finally threw off the net. They ground their teeth together, making little particles crumble from their mouths, as if their teeth were truly rocks that they ground to dust. The nearest troll swiped a fist straight at Clara's gut. It only missed because she leapt toward the wall of the cave, and the magic in her shoes helped her to stick to it. Another troll with yellow eyes hissed as it pointed at Clara. Kill it! She would have run outside the cave and into the light, except the light had disappeared. Night had fallen, which gave her no protection against the trolls. 
King Pobble wrinkled his nose at the trolls lumbering toward the front of the cave. With a wave of his hand, he opened a fairy door, probably headed for the pixie's tree, and casually stepped into it. His soldiers and Fritz followed after him. With another troll ready to slam a fist into her gut, Clara realized she had exactly one option. Jump inside that door and hope against all hope that it would still be open when she got to it. I hope you enjoyed listening to part four of Nutcracker of Crystal Fall by K.L. Moody, narrated by Corinne Norton. Don't forget to check out Kay's Instagram page at K.L. Moody so you can send her something pink. If you're enjoying this story, please consider sharing it with a friend, especially if people are looking for something Christmassy to listen to. There are links in the show notes to make that as easy as possible for you. And last, but certainly not least, I hope that if you celebrate Christmas, that you enjoy a wonderful holiday with your family and friends. And if you use this holiday to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, I pray that this is a week filled with opportunities to be reminded of all that he's done for you and all that he has yet to do. Thank you all for listening and happy reading.